evening, LCM. Tonight is Thursday, November 10th, 2022. With Veterans Day being tomorrow, it's fitting to formally say thank you to our veterans who've stood up and gone to fight for freedom's sake. But what I want to do tonight, I want to personally thank the veterans around this room, the veterans of the kingdom who go to war every single day for the sake of the kingdom. Guys, we are getting up every single day and fighting against our flesh and going to war against the authorities and the principalities of darkness. And it was for freedom's sake that we've been set free, and we won't be subjected back into a life of slavery. Y'all remember Colossians chapter 1, verse 9 from Sunday? Okay, we're going to start there this morning. Quick little review. Colossians 1, 9 through 14 in the NIV. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you and asking God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. We pray this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and may please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work. Say say every good work. work. Growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power. Say all all power. According to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance. Say great endurance. And patience and joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of lights. Saints, we have been qualified. We didn't do anything to work out these qualifiers. It's been granted to us. For he has rescued us. You remember that? We've been rescued from the dominion of darkness and brought into the kingdom of the son he loves in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of of sins. Saints, let's remember from Sunday that we are already qualified. We're already qualified to share in the inheritance of the saints. That is a beautiful thing, to walk into the kingdom and already be qualified. Most of the time, in any job, in any workplace, you got to go through certifications. you got to have time. You have to have experience to get qualified to do something. But no, saints, we're credited with that, and the Lord is developing us to walk in those qualifications. We've been rescued. We've been brought out from under the force of the kingdom of darkness, and the trap has been sprung on our enemy. Can you feel that, saints? Can you feel that the trap is sprung on the enemy? Our eyes, our mindset has been changed to view things in the right manner. We are the ones applying force on the enemy. It's not the other way around. Oh, yes, church. We're taking what we've been given and going on the offensive. We're taking the fight to the front lines of the enemy's camp. We learn on Sunday what seems like a trap is the beginning of our triumph. It is our calling out to God for transformation so that we will stick to his plan. Imagine after all the time, resources and sacrifice that went into Operation Sledgehammer. Say Sledgehammer. Sledgehammer. The soldiers began to divert from the plan. If when they were met with opposition, they began wavering and departing from what was already given to them, what would the results have been? How futile would the efforts be if they didn't stick to the plan? Tonight, as we engage with scripture and ask the Lord to transform us, we will see the results of sticking to God's plan. Amen. He calls the end from the beginning, and there's no problem with his plan. 
We are the ones who need transformation to align with the plan. That's right. We're going to be men and grab the stick and stones he's given us, yeah. and we're going to rush to that battle line. Yeah. The title of tonight's message, Stick to the Plan. Come on, say it louder. Stick to the plan. Y'all heard that before. Mm-hmm. We don't stick to our own plan. We stick to the Lord's plan. Saints, we're going to see how the Lord has been developing this in us, our whole walk in the kingdom. Let's turn to Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10. And we're going to read it in the ASV. Say, stick to the plan as you're turning there. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Saying some versions say that we should do them. This says that we should walk in them. It's a daily walk. It's, it's daily that we get to walk in the good works that he prepared for us to do. It's not a one-time thing. We're learning daily what his plan is and learning how to walk in them. Saints, if God has prepared the good works in advance, which is what the scripture says, right? Come on. Yes, okay. He will prepare us and give us everything that we need to do those good works. He prepared the good works, and he's preparing us to do the good works. Saints, that's a beautiful revelation. As we're talking about this scripture and we're going over the sermon from Sunday, this is something my brother Nick shared with me. He said, man, this is so good. God prepared the works in advance. They're his works. You think he's just going to let them fall, fall apart? You think he's going to let them go unaccomplished? No. He will absolutely prepare us to do those good works. Saints, that's good news. Look, as we pick up tonight, we're going to walk through a famous passage in 1 Samuel 17. And we're going to talk about David's life. We're going to see how David had good works prepared in advance and that he was prepared in advance to do those good works. So let's pick up in verse 32 of 1 Samuel 17. Say, stick to the plan as you turn there. Mm. So David said to Saul, don't let anyone be discouraged. Your servant will go and fight this Philistine. But Saul replied to David, you aren't able to go against this Philistine and fight him. You're just a boy. He has been a warrior from his youth. Man, imagine hearing that from your commanding officer, from your king. Hey, you can't go and do what you created to do. You're just a boy. Is that from the Lord? No, No, we know it's not. Saints, David had to continuously stand firm against insults, hardships, persecutions, and difficulties. David knew, though, that he was qualified and could not be deterred from God's plan. Do you see that in this passage? You see how he's, he's already being insulted? He's already having to face opposition, and it's internal opposition? First, he's dealing with his brother Eliab, who's saying, what, have you do- what are you doing down here? Why have you come down here? What have you done with those few sheep? Right? Now he's facing Saul, and Saul's saying, you can't go and fight this man. He's a warrior. You're just a boy. But all this is working in David's favor so that he can go and fight and defeat the giant. Consider how many traps the enemy was already trying to set on David even before he would face Goliath. How many traps the enemy tries to set on us before we actually get up to the good works that God has prepared for us in advance. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 through 10 says, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. 
Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses. Saints, can we boast about our weaknesses? Not only can we, we must, so that Christ's power may rest on me. You want Christ's power to rest on you? Boast in your weaknesses. Say, okay, yeah, you think I'm just a little boy? Okay, I'm just a little boy, but Christ's power is at work within me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Guys, this is one of the main things we want you to take away from our message. Boast all the more gladly about our weaknesses. We're not going to have any shame. We're going to be unashamed about our weaknesses, saints. We'll see in the coming verses that David is not boasting in his own strength, though. We don't boast in our accomplishments. We don't boast in our strength. We boast in what the Lord is doing. We acknowledge our weaknesses. We boast in our weaknesses, and we boast in the power of God. We're not staying there, saints. We're going to be empowered and transformed. Our weaknesses, they actually serve us. Man, this, that, that right there, that's a revelation. Our weaknesses serve us. You know why? They cause us to cry out to God for transformation. They cause us to recognize where we're actually at and say, Lord, empower me. Lord, transform me. Lord, you know what I'm about to face. I didn't know why I came down here. I had no intention of facing a giant, but here I am, Lord. Prepare me for the good work. Prepare me for what I must do. Look, this isn't David's first time to prove that he's a warrior, and it won't be his last. But he knows that his empowerment comes from God. Say power, power. in weakness. In weakness. How countercultural that is. <laughs> How often in our workplaces or anywhere else we go, weaknesses are a bad thing, right? And yet we're called to be boasting in them. Come on. Right? Because we know where our power lies. It's from the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. It's not on our own strength. It's not our own power or anything else. It is from the Lord. Verse 34. David replied to Saul, Your servant has been a shepherd for his father's flock. Whenever a lion or a bear would come and carry off a sheep from the flock, I would go after it, strike it down, and rescue the sheep from its mouth. If it rose up against me, I would grab it by its jaw, strike it, and kill it. Your, your servant has struck down both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be just like one of them. For he has defied the armies of the living God. David went on to say, The Lord who delivered me from the lion and the bear will also deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. Amen. Then Saul said to David, Go, the Lord will be with you. David recognized that he's been prepared for this. This very situation. He's following a pattern. He's sticking to the plan. David has always had a shepherd's heart. Willing to lay his life down for the sheep. You know why? Because they weren't his sheep. They were his father's sheep. Come on, family. We're growing in our ability to follow the pattern that's been laid out by men like David. Looking back and adhering to the pattern is how we stick to the plan. Let's look at John 10 to see more of this good shepherd. Saints, as you, as you turn to John 10, and we're going to start in verse 11, think about what David said. Your servant has, has been a shepherd for his father's flock. Look at how he's reflecting on what he's already been walking in. Look at how he's reflecting on what he's already been entrusted with and what he's been given. And he's not, he's not 
is saying it's my flock. He's saying it's my father's flock. And you know what? I care about my father's flock. Therefore, when an enemy tries to come in, when a bear, a lion, a wolf, whatever it may be, tries to come in, I'm going to grab it and I'm going to strike it down. I will take back every sheep. Not one will be lost because it's my father's flock and I care about them. That is right in line with John 10. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd who owns the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. Saints, that's exactly what we see in the world around us. Saints, if we're not careful, those are the kinds of thoughts that creep into our mind if we don't recognize who we are, that we are sheep that are raised up into shepherds and we have been given responsibility over a flock. The Lord's entrusted us, no matter how small or how big your flock is, you're a part of this flock and you're responsible to grow up into a shepherd who fights for his father's flock. Have we been experiencing what it means to lay down our life for our brothers lately? Saints, we're never going to get away from this. We're, we're, we're never just going to move on. We're, o- we're only going to build on this. We're not going to f- forget what the Lord took us from, from the One Association Conference. We're not going to forget that's not just a creed. Th- those aren't just axioms up on the wall. We know that, but the Lord is working this deep down inside of us, and he's using men like David to show us there's a pattern, there's a plan, and we must stick to it. We are ever increasing in our awareness and desire to lay down our life for those around us. It's an awareness that we must, but it's also a desire that the Lord is setting down in our heart to do so. God has been fusing us with his great character for those around us, and we're recognizing it in each other, and we're seeing it in you, church. You know what we don't see when we look around? I don't see hired hands. You know why? The hired hands have already run away. When I look around, I see men who are standing firm who are ready to fight for the sheep of God. We see, we see men and women of God who have been brought out of the dominion of darkness and brought into the, the kingdom of light, and you've experienced the grace and power of God, and you're willing to lay down everything so that those around you will advance. Saints, this is a beautiful thing, and it's what the world needs. This is why we can boast in our weakness, because we're empowered to rise up and go and lay down our life. We're empowered to go and rush to that fight and, and grab the sheep out of the wolf's mouth, grab it out of the bear's mouth, those lies, those thoughts, those divisions, those offenses that have been trying to creep in, we have been empowered to go and rise up as shepherds and save the flock. Look, our King Jesus, he set the tone and we're following his lead. He has given us a plan and we're sticking to it. Jesus continues in verse 14. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me, I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of the sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my Father loves me is that I lay down my life, only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it back up. This command, this plan... I received from my father. Church, we're not hired hands. We're we're willing shepherds who are willing to lay down our lives for our father's flock. And we will continue to lay down our lives for each other. Amen. 
With the zeal and tenacity of David going after lions and bears, we will go after every thought that tries to steal, kill, and destroy. Amen. We will go after every offense and divisive scheme that turn it back on the enemy's head. We're going to stick to the plan. Amen. So we're still in 1 Samuel 17, and we're going to pick up in verse 38. Y'all can keep a finger there because we're going to be there all night. Then Saul clothed David with his own fighting attire and put a bronze helmet on his head. He also put body armor on him. David strapped on his sword over his fighting attire and tried to walk around, but he was not used to them. David said to Saul, I can't walk in these. I can't walk in these things, and I'm not used to them. So David removed them. He took his staff in his hand. He placed them, he, he picked up five smooth stones from the stream and placed them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag. He took his sling in hand and approached the Philistine. Saints, this, should, this must be our attitude. We don't need to put on the things of this world. We don't need carnal accommodations. We need what the Lord has already given us. We can trust that God has a plan and he has prepared us for how we're going to do the good works. Notice what happens here. Saul consents to allow David to go and fight Goliath, but not before preparing David with what he thinks would be protection. Oh, come on. Yeah, we talked about that, that culture of the world that we have, that we're in, and we could see this in the eyes of Saul. As Saul is looking at David, a, a young boy, and seeing Goliath out across the valley, recognizing, all right, that man's got armor over there. Well, this is a little shepherd boy. He's got nothing on. I, I need to give him, I need to protect him with something. I need to put something on him. And unfortunately, that thought, that's not just a Saul, a Saul thought. That, that's a thought I've had in my own life. That's a thought where I've tried to add more to myself for protection, more to myself to prepare something. That typically comes in the, in the form of when I have people around me. I have uh, families coming into the home or brothers coming into the home, and I am so so concerned with getting the exact right word that is more than a, of a burden than it is of a blessing. It's, it's me putting on something that God never intended me to have. I'm putting on this, this heavy armor, and I can't move around. Can, can anybody else relate to that? Yeah. Anybody else felt like what, what Adam's describing right now? Yeah. And you felt it, and you're like, man, this is a burden. This is hindering my walk. This isn't uh, helping my walk. This isn't making me walk better. I don't feel more capable right now. Have you felt that way where you're, try you're over-preparing and trying to protect and guard your ego? You're trying to protect and guard something that the, the Lord has not told you to do. Hey, this is why we boast in our weaknesses. This is why when we're setting the table, that's where we start. And we can boast in the empowerment that the Lord is giving us and what he has already given us. Gosh, yeah, that's so good. Uh, yeah, and that, that armor, that is, it's nothing that David was prepared for. David was out in, in the fields protecting his flocks with none of that. He was never prepared. He was never supposed to have armor on. And neither are we ever being prepared or supposed to be carrying around with us anything that we try to add to ourselves that God's plan is not adding, okay? We need to learn to throw those things off. We see this example of David's life. He's like, I can't move in this. I can't do this. God didn't prepare me for battle in this way. I trust God over this protection. I trust God over the armament you saw want to put on me. I'm not going with it. And he throws it off. 
Church, we don't need to prepare for protection. We need to prepare for action. Like David, we throw off the protective measures and pick up what has transformed us and empowered us by the mighty hand of God. Amen. Now let's pick back up in 1 Samuel 17, 41. I love what Adam just said. We don't need to prepare for protection. We need to prepare for action. Verse 41 says, The Philistine kept coming closer to David with his shield bearer walking in front of him. Of course, a big old giant, the champion of the Philistines, would have his shield bearer walking in front of him, right? How big a boy are you? (laughs) When the Philistine looked carefully at David, he despised him, for he was only a ruddy and handsome boy, like a red, handsome boy. Uh, With a beard. The Philistine said to David, am I a dog? Yes, you are. That you are coming after me with sticks? Then the Philistine cursed David by his gods. The Philistine said to David, come here so I can give your flesh to the birds of the sky and the wild animals of the field. Saints, I'm going to just pause here for a minute. this This is pretty amazing and this is kind of funny how this is all like coming out and how uh Goliath is trying to intimidate David, but all he's doing is making himself look like a fool. All he's doing is setting the trap for himself. It's a trap. It's about to get good. It's about to get real good. David replied to the Philistine, you're coming against me with sword and spear and javelin. You got the shield bearer in front of you. You got a sword. You got a spear. You got a javelin. But I I come against you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel's armies who you have defied. You see, saints, David is not boasting in what he's going to do. No, he's saying you have come against the Lord. You've not just come against me, this little shepherd boy. You've come against the Lord of hosts, and it's a problem for you. This very day, the Lord will deliver you into my hand. I will strike you down and cut off your head. Saints, David... He goes way beyond. As far as trash talking goes here, David killed him in this one. And he literally kills him. He says, this day I will give the corpses of the Philistine army, not just you, Goliath, but also that army that's standing behind you to the birds of the sky and the wild animals of the land. Then all the land will realize that Israel has a God and all his assembly will know that it is not by, your, by sword or spear that the Lord saves. For the battle is the Lord's, and he will deliver you into our hand. When the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet the Philistine. Saints, if he had all that armor on, could he have run quickly to the battle line? He threw it off, and he ran quickly to the battle line. Now, if we remember from the beginning of chapter 17, okay, we know that they're all coming out and they're they're lining up for battle, right? We have the Philistines on, on one hill. You have the Israelites on the other hill, and you've got this valley that's down in, uh, below them, okay? Almost seems like an arena of some sorts. And uh, you have Goliath who comes out each morning for 40 days, comes out and does this, and just keeps taunting and taunting and taunting. And this, this scene, I want to paint a picture for you guys. On Sunday, we talked about this scene of Benaiah going into a pit right? Going into a pit with that lion and how it was, it was a trap for the lion more than it was a trap for, for Benaiah. Opposite way. In this case, as David is entering the valley, he tells Goliath, you're in the valley with me. 
I'm not in the valley with you. There's an attitude that David has as he's walking towards this giant. No armor, but prepared fully by the way of the Lord. Amen. The Lord's plan. He's sticking to the plan, and he's walking confidently in it, church, just like we are walking confidently in it. Amen. Which really means this is God's dominion. He's given me more power and prepared me according to the pattern, and he intends to walk in it. Church, this is our attitude. Yeah. We're fighting with weapons of this world, but with the power and authority of Yahweh Savot. Come on. Saints, this is important for us to grasp. We, are, we aren't fighting with the weapons of this world. We're fighting with the empowerment of Yahweh Sabaoth, the Lord of heaven's armies. And that who is, he is the one who has called us to the battle line. This is why we can cast off any protection. This is why we can cast off any self-defense, any selfish ambition. Look, me, when I heard Sunday's word, I didn't attribute feeling trapped until the pastor said it. It wasn't until it, they said it, I was like, man, that is kind of how I've been feeling. That, that is ex actually exactly how I feel when I'm giving way to my flesh. I, I feel trapped. It's faithlessness. Th this is way bigger than me. I'm being fearful. My work is futile. Has anybody ever felt like that? Like, I'm just, I'm just going through this again and again. Saints, these are good works prepared in advance for you. They're his works, and he's prepared you to do them. They're, they're not futile. You are not trapped. No, the enemy is trapped with you. Look, if you feel like I felt, I'm not going to get to see the fruit. I'm doing all this work right now, but the fruit is, is going to be beyond me. Why, why even bother? That, that's, that's what happens in my flesh. That's selfishness. That's selfish ambition, and that's a protection that needs to be thrown off. He has qualified us, church. Let's remember that. He qualified us. We didn't come in qualified. He qualified us, and we're now getting to step out and walk in it and grow in that qualification. Yeah. Hey, this, this is no longer the childhood phrase, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. You remember that? Yeah. Hey, we're going to put a new spin on that, Pastor Matt. Yeah. Say this after me. Sticks and stones, sticks and stones. will bring shalom. And his, word and his word will never fail me. Saints, sticks and stones will bring shalom. And his word will never fail me. That stick and stone that David had in his hand, that was what brought shalom to the situation. It was the word of God that did not fail him. And he stood on that. And he showed not just his enemies, but also the brothers behind him. Hey, there is a God in Israel. Yahweh Sabaoth fights for us. Church, remember in John 10, the hired man he ran away, right? David ran to the battle line. And he ran to the battle line quickly. When we look around, we don't see hired men. We see shepherds who, like David, are running quickly to the battle line to face our enemies. We're not being forced upon. We are the one applying the force. And the trap has been set, not for us, but for our enemy. Goliath is in this valley with me. Goliath is in this valley with Yahweh Sabaoth. It's not the other way around. The responsibility of the believer is to follow the pattern of the plan and stick to it. Look, we have this written down for us. These aren't stories. I explained this to my sons the other day. As we're going through different stories in the Word, I'm like, these aren't cool, awesome stories that were just written down to inspire us. These are men's life. 
men actually walked in these things. Men like Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael, they really did get thrown into a fiery furnace, and they didn't get burned up. They really had no fear of what would happen to them, and they said, we're not going to bow down to your gods. They defied the enemy, and the, and the, and the trap was set on him, because Nebuchadnezzar, he gives glory to God. He recognizes that it, there is a God in Israel. Saints, this is what's been given to us, and we need to learn that in our weak earthen vessels, we are being used skillfully by the Lord to spring a trap on the enemy and bring victory for the kingdom of God. Come on. Now, what I want you guys to get with this is uh, the way that Paul's telling this story about his kids looking at these things, he's telling them it's a real life. And we're looking to the word and we're looking at these men, men of faith and it's real life for them. What I want to encourage you guys, that is you, church. You are beginning to set a standard for your children. They're going to look to your lives. They're going to look to the accomplishments that you do, the way that you look Goliath in the eye when you walk into the valley and say, not here, not any further. And you're going to put things underfoot that you've never thought possible. It's a trap for the enemy. What it seems like a trap for you is a trap for the enemy. We need to rise up in our confidence, church. We are doing this. Our kids are seeing the way that we are putting things underfoot how sicknesses are underfoot, how tough times at work are being put underfoot, yeah. how we're working together to, to bring shalom with the word. We are doing this, church. Amen. Have confidence. We see this in you. It's happening. Amen. Hey, saints, I brought this up here with me because this is my battle axe. I go and I clear the forested hill country because that's what the Lord told me to do. But it's also a weapon. And you best believe I'm going to use it. I'm going to go back. This is my stick and stones right here. And so when my sons are asking me, Dad, why are we going through this sickness? I can look at this. I'm going to inscribe my mezuzah on this on one side and my family banner on the other. Saints, what's your stick and stones? What has the Lord given to you? What is your mezuzah? What is your purpose that you need to be passing on to the generations? See, because this isn't just an axe. This will be a passed on from generation to generation in my household, and they'll know exactly how to walk. They'll know exactly what to turn to when they're feeling weakness, when they're feeling afraid, when they're feeling like they can't do it. They'll know, no, God has empowered me before. He has given me a plan. He's prepared me for these good works, and these good works were prepared in advance for me to go do. I'm going to get to it. What he's done before, he'll do it again. Yeah. We're going to pick back up in 1 Samuel 17, 52. So we're going to jump down there a little bit. Then the men of Israel and Judah surged forward with a shout and pursued the Philistines to the entrance of Gath and to the gates of Akron. Their dead were strewn along the Shariam road to Gath and Akron. Because David stuck to God's plan and followed through in action, it inspired the men to join in the battle. Yeah. And church, that's what we're, that's what we're getting with, at with you guys tonight. What you do, how you respond, how you, how you fight, it is inspiring other men around you to join in battle. Yes. He both delivered them and set them free to forcefully turn on their enemy in a surge and pursue them. David took what he was given and went on the offensive. And his sheep, the men of Israel, joined him in pursuit of the enemy. Look at what Paul writes in, to the Philippian church as he recognizes his state and the work of the Lord effectively to effectively spread the gospel. Philippians 1, 12 through 14 in the ESV reads, 
I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. So it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Saints, this is the attitude. This is them surging to the battle line. This is them saying, okay, Paul, you've been imprisoned. You've faced hardship. You're facing persecution. You've rised up. You've been empowered by the Lord, and you're pushing back against the enemy, and you're, meeting, you're having success. The imperial guard knows. Those that are imprisoning him, they know that what he's doing is for the Lord. It's strengthening the brothers, and most of them became confident. Saints, all of us are growing in our confidence. All of us are looking around and we're seeing men and women rise up and grab hold of what God has already given them and it's causing us to rise up. It's causing us to speak the word more boldly, to live it out more boldly and with greater effectiveness. When we look around, we see brothers sticking to the plan. It's not our own plan. Like we learned before we went to the conference, we can't make up a plan to perfect uh, what, what God wants to do. We need to entrust ourselves to him and that he's got this. He, he, has, he knows the end from the beginning. He's already written out what we must do, and he is working this out inside of us day by day. Our faithfulness to stick to the plan of God through weakness, through insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulties, it emboldens our brothers to surge to the battle line with us. Come on, Come on saints. When I see Mr. Paul... Rosales, clearing, holding, and building with his family by his side, that is empowerment. That is encouragement to me. It's watered my soul. He who refreshes others, will he himself be refreshed? Oh, come on. He's demolishing enemy strongholds. He's establishing the kingdom of heaven. He's supporting the body of believers through intercession and deeds of service. And it is a joy to see my brother rising up in confidence. Oh, come on, saints. We ain't stopping here. When I see Adam renewing hope and confidence in others by strengthening, encouraging, and emboldening through faithful action. Saints, what that does inside of me, I become confident. I become emboldened to speak the word. I become emboldened and strengthened to go and walk out the word and remain faithful to God's plan. Saints, my brother here, he strengthens, he encourages, and he emboldens others by taking action. Not in putting on protection. He is prepared for action. We ain't going to stop there. No. We ain't going to stop there. No. Bear with, bear with me. Oh, come on. I got it right here. Thanks to Bim writing out people's mezuzahs. Keith Phillips, you establish order by, by service. You establish order through service. Ibrahim Zakari, you connect people to the heart of the Father and his kingdom. Daniel Cho, you're illuminating God's word so that others can gain confidence. Come on. Hey, don't leave me out here. Hold on. Get on. Let me get in this. Get, get in on it. Gabe Sutherland. Get Gabe Sutherland. Oh, Gabe Sutherland. Yeah, get him. To make others bold, stout-hearted, and free so that their lives can burn intensely for Jesus, being consumed by them. Come on. Come on. Guys, we need this. Every single one of us that have come here, that have attached ourselves to this way of life, this is what's been given to us. Our pastors didn't make this up. This didn't seem like a cool thing. They didn't find it on YouTube. They didn't research. How do we inspire people to do what God told them to do? 
Oh, these are revelations that have been banned given. on YouTube. <laughs> these are revelations that have been given to them that have been passed on to us. This is what has prepared us to do the good works. Guys, how many of us know what our mezuzah is? How many of us apply that on a daily basis to make decisions? Okay, a few less hands. That's okay, because guess what? Israel was called to drive out every enemy, right? When they went into the promised land, they were called to drive out every, every enemy. What is David doing here hundreds of, of years later? He's still driving out enemies. He's still driving out the Philistines. You know what that tells me? God's plan is perfect. He's prepared him for this, and he's going to follow through, and he's going to drive out every enemy. David was trained through his time as a shepherd out in the field with God. The entire time, all the challenges, difficulties, trials, attacks, as well as the leading, the feeding, and the watering were happening. Amen. It's no different for us. We have been trained every day of our lives here at LCM, being qualified and equipped by God, implementing the word of God, and adhering to his standard. David was out with the sheep. LCM, we are with our families and brothers. We have been fending off the attacks on our family and our brothers, and we are more dependent on walking with the Lord and praying more than ever. Amen. These are our moments of qualification. We're, being, we're training up our children by utilizing what we have with perfecting our parenting. Saints, that has revolutionized our home. That has changed everything, that we are being perfected in our parenting, and we are working out daily to perfect our parenting. Saints, our sons and our daughters are doing things that we couldn't dream of. We couldn't imagine, even when we came into the kingdom, we couldn't have even come up with this. The Lord gave it to us. The, this is how he prepared us in advance for the good works, and he's preparing our children to do the same. Really quick testimony, real quick. Uh, Paul was telling me the other day, on, in light of what he was just saying with that, he had, uh, was it Deacon? Deacon? Henry. Henry. And, and, and Benjamin. Benjamin. They were having a meeting the other night, and those three young men of God decided to get their Bibles together and start going through the scripture and sharing words, interacting with it for the first time, actually engaging with it. Who's, whose kids are doing that at eight years old besides the ones that we have here? We are training up sons, yeah. soldiers, warriors who will handle the word of God rightly and accurately. Yeah. The incredible thing about that, the men hadn't even showed up to the meeting yet. They were outside doing it on their own. The, women, the ladies were inside doing their part of the meeting. They're outside, and that's what they're doing. When we walked in the house, they ran up to us and said, Dad, we're doing the word. <laughs> uh, uh, you can't make this up. You can't hope. For something greater you can't hope for something more impactful that spurs me on watching our sons do that and they're doing it together not one of them are, they're not doing it alone they're doing it together they're watching our lives and they're grabbing hold of it they love it they see the value in it they're being prepared in ways that we couldn't have done on our own the lord is doing this guys we just need to stick to the plan the Lord has given us a plan. He's entrusting it with us, and he's growing this revelation inside of us daily. Stick to it. This everyday interaction, just like David, is helping us to practice out there what we preach in here. Yeah. Just like David, what he has been given through his daily interaction becomes what he needs. Amen. We are no different. We will be able, and we will go into the land of Aswan 
where the trap has been sprung and do what we've been equipped to do. Our daily preparations are all a part of God's plan. It's all a part of his trap on the enemy, and they won't know what's going to hit them. Now, we're, we're working towards a close, but before we, uh, we get there, a wise man once said, it's always a good time for a proverb. That's right. <laughs> Proverbs 16.3, commit your works to the Lord, and your plans will be established. Yeah. Saints, the works that we commit ourselves to are his plan. Our faithful, bold action to lay down our lives will end in the supernatural victory that only God can bring. Amen. As we reflect on David's character, David's life, let's remember he was prepared for the good works in advance for him to do. God brought him about the situations that formed David to be a mighty man of action, and saints, so are we. Look how David reflected on some of these difficult situations that he experienced and what was transformed inside of him and empowered him to action. Saints, we love David's life. And 1 Samuel 17 is kind of him coming on the scene. He's, he's there prior to, and, and he's mentioned. But this is like where we really see, like, who is this man, David? From the moment that he's anointed by Samuel and the power of God comes upon him, man, he does not stop doing the work of the Lord. But we read all throughout the Psalms his being tormented, his being uh, punished, his being chased down, being persecuted. He's crying out to God. He's complaining to the Lord. He's like, Lord, why is this happening? What is going on? See, we get to see both aspects. And we see, though, that David does not change. He doesn't change throughout the word because the Lord is continuously bringing him through those weaknesses and empowering him. Saints, the men of, of Israel, when they came around David after Saul died, said, when we went out to war, it was you who let us out. They knew who their shepherd were, was, right? King, uh, Saul was the king of Israel, but they knew who their shepherd was. They knew who was leading them. Saints, that is what we're seeing rise up in this place. We're looking around and we're seeing shepherds rise up and grab hold and push through the difficulties. Yes, there, we, are, we must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of heaven, but that is what forms us. Those are, the, are, are how we're being prepared for the good works that God is giving us to do. As we turn to our last scripture, Psalm 37, verse 23. This is such a, a good word. As I hope you're inspired. I know you're inspired by this word. Saints, this word was inspired by you. We're looking around and we're, we're, we're talking about the things that are happening, not just in our life, but in your lives and what's going on around us. This scripture right here is, is pivotal for our church. Picking up in verse 23, the Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in him. Though he may stumble, he will not fall. For the Lord upholds him with his hand. I uh, don't remember the sermon, but I have written down in my Bible the LCM translation of this. And Pastor Judah shared it with us. And it's incredible how it goes right in line with this message tonight. This is what it says. The steps or unfolding of life for a brave, spiritually strong man are prepared. They're established and they're made firm and steadfast by Yahweh. The man will delight in his way and pattern of life. Saints, these good works that we've been given, they're not just one time. They are 
works that we get to walk in. It's a pattern. It's a way of life. It's an unfolding of life. And we have been raised up as brave, spiritually strong men. This is not something that we have done. We boast in our weakness, and the Lord empowers us. Saints, don't be ashamed of your weakness. Boast in it. Say, Lord, do this inside me again. Lord, set my feet firm in this way. Lord, I know that you have more good works for me to do because I'm still here. I'm still living. I'm immortal until every work that you have given me to do is completed. Church, we don't need to diverge from God's plan. No. When we are perfectly aligned with God's pattern, we will accomplish his purposes. We take one step of faith at a time. It is a walk. It is in our weakest circumstances that we are closest to God and strengthened beyond what we can physically manifest. We are and will be prepared to walk in the good works. We stick to the plan by following the pattern. Come on. Take what you've been given and go on the offensive, saints. When it looks like everything is falling apart, all hell is breaking loose. When you're facing internal and external enemies, when you're, fi- yeah, run to the battle. Yeah. Run to the battle line and hold the line. God accounted for it all. Yeah. Stick to the plan. Amen. Saints, grab our stick and stones. Grab what the Lord has already given to you and rush to the battle line. Saints, th- again, this isn't just something cool. A battle axe is awesome. I will use it, and I will cut down trees, and I'll probably just cut down trees and then chop them up after they've been cut down. I'll leave it at that. But saints, we're qualified. Set it in our hearts not to diverge from what the Lord has already given to us. Our weaknesses serve us by causing a crying out to God for transformation and empowerment. Come on. We are not trapped. The enemy is trapped with us. Saints, repeat that. We are not trapped. We are not trapped. The enemy is trapped with us. Take what you've been given and go on the offensive knowing that as you're following the pattern, you're sticking to God's plan. Saints, everything we have in this word and everything that we go back to, they're not just written down just for cool stories. Yes, it reveals God's character to us, but it teaches us how to walk. It reminds us of what we've already been given. Everything that is firm in our life and everything that's been established is because of the word of God. Saints, we need to take that and we need to go on the offensive. We're not taking defensive positions any longer. We're not looking for armament and protection against the warfare of the enemy. No, we go out in our weakness and we're empowered as we go out. Saints, we love you. This is the close of our message. And as I pray and y'all stand up, please stand up. When you look around and you see a brother pushing through their weakness and rushing to the battle line, run with them. We don't have to wait for one man to do it. And the Lord is showing us how it's, it is more than just one man. Jesus, he was one man. And all those flock was scattered, but they did come back. And they went out as 12, and they went and they multiplied. Saints, that pattern has been passed down to us. We don't have to sit around and just watch one man do it and then rally. Let's do it together as one man, as one flock. Mighty God, we love you. Father, we say thank you, Lord, for what you have given to us. 
Father, we say thank you that you have the plan. God, you have given us everything that we need for life and godliness. You have empowered us, Lord God, to go out and to meet our enemies on the battle line, Lord. That we are not the ones who are trapped, but they are trapped with us. They are trapped with you, Yahweh Sabaoth, and you will have total victory. Lord, we commit our way to you. Father, we say we love the pattern. We love the way of life that you have given to us. And we know that you will strengthen us again and again. Lord, hallelujah. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name.